Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day. Whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day, whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, NetWorld, and thank you for tuning in. Remember 3 John 2? Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. Yes, and we're teaching on the blessing of the Lord. It makes one rich, and God adds no sorrow to it, out of Proverbs 10 and 22. Yesterday we were talking about believing with our heart and confessing with our mouth. We've been talking about how our mouth is the threshing sledge with sharp teeth. It's actually like a sickle. When we speak God's word, we're doing the creating. We're prophesying our future, and we're moving the mountains out of the way. Isaiah 41, 15, Behold, I will make you a new threshing sledge with sharp teeth. You shall thresh the mountains and beat them small and make the hills like chaff. And then the Message Bible says it this way, I'm transforming you from worm to harrow, from insect to iron. As a sharp-toothed harrow, you'll smooth out the mountains and turn those tough old hills into loamy soil. Loamy soil, that's an interesting term. I looked that one up. And loam soil is a mixture of soil that is the ideal plant-growing medium. It's actually a combination soil. And normally, it has equal parts of clay, silt, and sand which gives the benefits of each with few of the disadvantages. It's an excellent place for seed to grow. It's good ground. Now, as a farmer, we don't want to pull up the seed after we've planted it. And the seed is the word. We put it in our heart, and it creates faith. And when we speak it out of our mouth, it prophesies and changes our future. It brings the blessings of God. It's the receiver. It's the harvester. It's the sickle of the harvest of God's promises. Because what we believe in our heart and speak with our mouth will come to pass. Because if we believe and we speak the promises of God, then the promises of God will manifest in our life. Like we said yesterday, George Pearson's in 50 Days of Prosperity said, There is no lack in this earth so great and so powerful that it cannot be turned around with words of faith. And the entire course of nature, he says, Your future and destiny, success and prosperity are all controlled by the words you speak. Yes, words are very, very important. That's why Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. You see, when we believe it with our heart and confess it with our mouth, we're establishing the kingdom and the harvest. How much seed have we planted? How much is available for harvest? How much more can we give? Is there an age when we should stop giving and sowing seed? 
Always remember, God supplies seed to the sower, not the keeper. That's why 2 Corinthians 9.10 says, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Yes, it's the blessing of the Lord that makes one rich, and it's the blessing of the Lord that makes one rich without sorrow. That's out of Proverbs 10.22. And therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Romans 4.16, and not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So reaping the harvest, let us be sure of the promises. Let us believe in a 30, 60, and 100-fold return. Let us believe it in our heart and confess it with our mouth. Hebrews 10.23 in the Amplified says, So let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess, and our acknowledgement of it. For he who promised is reliable, he's sure and faithful to his word. Confession brings possession. Psalm thirty-five twenty-seven says, Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause, and let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. I'm going to confess it again. Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. You see, we're not subject to the times. God's blessings aren't according to the current economy. How do I know that? Because if we can believe for salvation while we're unsaved, and if we can believe for the baptism of the Holy Spirit while we're unfilled, and if we can believe for healing while we're being sick, and if we can believe for being debt-free while we're in the middle of debt, then we can believe for prosperity while we're living in difficult times. And the promises of God can still manifest. Prosperity in bad times. It'll be according to what we believe. You see, these signs follow them that believe. What signs? The signs of salvation. The signs of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The signs of healing. The signs of being debt free. And the signs of prosperity. And all the promises of God that are yes and amen. We must believe in them. And we must confess them. And we must prophesy them into our future so they can manifest and the promises are sure to all in the same way by faith through grace it seems like every year someone is predicting something bad is going to happen or the return of christ as a matter of fact i looked up dates of apocalyptic events on the internet and wikipedia brought me up an article 31 pages long a list of people who have prophesied the return of christ over the past 2,000 years. You and I know Wikipedia can be questionable, but I looked through the list, and it was profound. Many of the people had given predictions for the return of Christ on several occasions, and finally they gave up. What does the Bible say about predicting the return of Christ? Well, I believe we're close to it. I believe we're 2,000 years closer to it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1 through 2 says, But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Hmm, a thief in the night. Are we always able to catch a thief in the night? Are we waiting? Are we ready? And First Thessalonians 5, 2 in the Message Bible says, You know as well as I that the day of the Master's coming can't be posted on our calendars. He won't call ahead and make an appointment any more than a burglar would. Very interesting translation. 
First Thessalonians 5.2 in the Amplified puts it this way. For you yourselves know perfectly well that the day of the return of the Lord will come as unexpectedly and suddenly as a thief in the night. And First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 3 through 11 says, For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them, as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath. Oh, that's good. Say that after me. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. And then he says, therefore comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. You see, Matthew twenty four thirty six says, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. Can we believe for prosperity and protection during this time? Of course we can. These signs follow them that believe. Matthew twenty four forty two says, watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Matthew twenty five thirteen says, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Mark 13 says in verses 32 through 33, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. Take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. So if someone says they know the day Jesus is coming back and they give you a date and a time, well, you know they're wrong because he says he's coming when we do not expect. But regardless of the times, what do we do? How do we walk in the prosperity of God, regardless of what judgment or different things may be coming in the future? Should we be worried? Well, let's read some scriptures. Isaiah 119 says, if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Well, praise the Lord. That's encouraging. And then if we want to stay in God's system of finance, I suggest we tithe. Leviticus 2730, and all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It's holy to the Lord. And Malachi 3, 10 through 12 says, If we'll bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I'll not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. So am I worried? No, I'm not. What do I do? And what should I do? I should keep sowing seed. When in need, sow a seed. Galatians 6, 7 through 9 says, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Yes, we should obey God, we should be tithing, we should be sowing seed, and we need to keep the faith. Hebrews 10.35 says, 
Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. We need to trust in God. In 2 Timothy 1, 7, For God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. You see, yes, Proverbs 10, 22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. But there's a part for us to play. We need to obey. We need to tithe. We need to be sowing seed. We need to keep the faith. And we need to resist all fear. For he's not appointed us to wrath. God loves us. He wants to meet all our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It's the blessing of the Lord that makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. Proverbs 10 and 22. You see, God is a heavenly father. He loves us. He cares for us. He wants us to be blessed. That's why it's his blessing that makes us rich. That's why there's no sorrow with it. He wants to be the meter of all our needs. That's why Christ died on the cross to be our provider. And he wishes above all things that we prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. We're out of time. Tune in tomorrow the same place, same time. Look forward to seeing you there. God bless you. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.